Hey, it's Jason Cunningham and welcome to Save My Business, the podcast aimed at helping small and medium-sized businesses navigate through the proverbial shitstorm. Now, today's guest is a special guest. He's a good friend of mine, a um, bit of an icon in the Essendon area, but has now moved across to sunny Brighton. Uh, but I know him back in the days when he was playing footy for Marby Park Lions. One would say a bit of a hitman would run off the back flank and elbows nice and sharp as he'd come into the middle. Um, but he's a good man. He's been through a lot. He's seen a lot, done a lot, made a few fuck-ups, one or two would say. But now he's a director at Marshall White at Brightside, and his name is none other than Matty Pilios. G'day, Matty. How are you, pal? Jason, that was beautifully said, mate. I'm really good, and it's epic to be here with you guys and to see this unbelievable view in the northwest, where it's my origins here, and look over at Optus Oval, Princess Park, or whatever it's called now, is great, mate. Thank you for having me. Mate, thank you for taking the time. I know you're pretty busy, and uh, you're as it so happens, uh, Victorian Real Estate Agent of the Year, which is a, a great honour and congratulations. And we'll talk about that a little bit later Appreciate on. Appreciate it. One of the reasons why I invited you today, Maddie, was, you know, when we look at the industries that have been belted this year, uh, real estate is pretty high. Now, with the utmost respect to you, and I have known you for a long time, the real estate industry is not viewed upon through the same lens as other industries and sometimes it's a bit tarnished. Yep. Uh, for many different reasons, but in every industry, there's a road, right? But I want to go back to the early days. And uh, the bloke I know uh, could sell ice to the Eskimos. Um, tell me your first foray into business, Matty, and, and, and what, was, what were the big drivers for you to get yourself out there? Yeah, thanks, um, Jace. Look, I've always been a salesman. I think Dad was a real estate agent, but I think um, I had a tougher tough upbringing going to seven different schools and I think the chopping and changing for me I had to find friends I had a bit of bullying growing up um, so I really had to talk myself out of a lot of things in life um, so naturally that became a strength of mine to be a good good social person and, and a good salesperson to actually talk yourself into or out of situations so Mate, I, I got into, I did the uni degree, I did TAFE and uni, didn't do great in, in year 12 in terms of results, and that's going to three different public schools and not focusing on school. Um, so I went, went to TAFE for a year, I did a PR one year, and then I got, got into Vic Uni and did a marketing degree. And after that, I just went straight into sales, went and started the Vodafone dream. I saw Crazy John make millions, and, and I started doing Vodafone sales amongst everything else, mate. So... I was about 24 when that started, and I thought I'd be a millionaire by I was 30, but how wrong I was. <laughs> I remember you back in those days, Matty. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, you, you, you jumped over something that I don't think we should jump over. Um, so you went to seven different schools. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me how that came to fruition. Yeah, it was tough. Um, my parents started, uh, I think I lived in Kew as a kid, so I was there in grade prep, and one, uh, in grade one, I think halfway through the year, we came across into Nidri, where my mum's family lived in Ascot Vale. So I went to a, a second school in grade one. That school was, was called Dudagala. Then it was a pretty rough school. My parents didn't like what was happening in grade two. I went to St. John Bosco, my, my third school. And it was a great primary school. Had, had really good years there. But at grade six, I tried to get into St. Bernard's with everyone else in my class. And I was the only one that couldn't get accepted because I wasn't Catholic and it was full. So I ended up going to a school called Nidri Secondary College in, in Airport West, which was which sort of back then, Nidri's now a good area, but 20 years ago, 22 years ago, it was 25 years ago, it was a rough area that bordered Gladstone Park, Telemarina, not far from Broadmeadows. 
And um, I, I only survived two years there. I, I found it tough not having friends there. Bullied a bit, uh, bullied a lot, a lot of fights. It was rough and really struggled. So I went to a third school called, a uh, fourth school called Buckley Park. And a, uh, sorry, fifth school, Buckley Park, secondary nine and 10. And ended up at this Essendon Secondary College or Essendon Keelor College, which it changed to for my year 11 and 12. So six schools plus the uni, or if you, you know, weighed it up with, with kindy and all that, it was probably about eight different schools. But I didn't really have that base where, you know, I've got my son at Brighton Primary and I want him to go to, say, one, one high school, um, something that I dreamed for him. So that was, that was the issue, a bit of moving, but just, um, just a sort of, I suppose not having any solid, solid base group of friends after high school um, made me chop and change a bit. So I don't want to dismiss that point, Matty. Um, you know, I've got three kids. Yep. And uh, and one of the big things we we sold our house uh, uh, last year. Yep. And uh, we're very lucky we sold it to someone with more money than God, which is you yep. know what you really want to do. When you, yeah. And what you want to do is you want to sell to somebody with more money than you. We're very fortunate. But we were concerned about uprooting the kids and moving into a different house yep. whilst they're at school. Yep. Contrast that to a kid in primary school when you're just a kid and it's all about belonging. Yep. It's all about being part of a community. Yep. It's all about having friends. And you've gone to three primary schools. Yep. I mean, that shouldn't be dismissed. But the bloke I know and the bloke we see in the public eye is full of confidence, walks around, he's... He treats everyone with respect. And now I know where it comes from. Yeah. You had this longing to belong and you have this ability to talk your way out of situations and you've taken that negative, that huge challenge, and you've turned it into a positive. Yeah. And that's really now, you, you think back, you wouldn't want it any other way. I know. As tough as it was. Yeah. And they say, Matty, it's those things, it's the adversity that makes us the man yeah. or the woman we are today. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Pleasure, mate. Mate, one of the big things that you're, you're right? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yep. Yeah, I just <laughs> saw you a bit emotional there. Um, oh, I just, you know, it's probably something I didn't plan to talk about. Um, but yeah, you know, you remember those tough times. Yeah, good on you, good. That's real, that's raw. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I, I want to talk about the Love You, Love Me Foundation. Yep. Love, love me, love you. Yep. Sorry. That's right. No, no. It took me two years to. <laughs> well, you started. We started. Yeah, exactly. So, um, tell love me, me. Yeah. Tell love me, me a bit about that, can you? Yeah. So, Love Me, Love You Foundation is a non-profit mental health foundation that was founded by um, some former AFL players that you know, Jace, um, Lance Pachoni, North Melbourne Hawthorne, uh, Luke Livingston, Carlton, and Lance's mum. So, I reckon it was about 2011. I'd actually been through some tough times myself. I just lost my house. Um, I just had a, a son, and my wife was pregnant. Um, cash flow issues, so but I, you know, and I was thought, no, I'm going to get myself back up here. And then Lance Pachoni contacted me and said, I knew Lance well. He wasn't my best mate, but I knew him well. And he said, Mate, I'm really struggling. Can I come and see you? So I, I had a little Vodafone sub dealership with uh, a mate, Adam Daly, in, in Vodafone in Kewal Road, Essendon. I said, Mate, come in for lunch. Let's have a chat. I'm always upbeat and try to see the best in a very bad situation. Uh, and Lance told me that he nearly committed suicide, which will be two weekends ago. Um, obviously, you know, struggling with, with social drugs, recreational drugs. And he just said, I need some help. And I said, mate, I'm here. Let's get a lunch every week and let's be mates. He did the same thing with Luke Livingston. And we, we became his friend. 
true friends and we stuck by him and he was great. Six months with his wife Emma. Six months later, Lance wanted to start a non-profit foundation. He said, "I don't want men or, or females or anyone to go through what I did, and no one should travel their journey alone." So I want to start a foundation. I must admit, at the time, I didn't think Lance would go through with this, and I didn't doubt him, but I just wasn't one hundred percent confident. And then Lance um, went to the government, got some support. Myself, Glenda, his mum, Luke Livingston, supported. Brody Holland actually helped out a lot as well. We got. Through, um, around him and he, 12, 18 months later with some legal um, backing, we got we started the Love Me, Love You Foundation. And the, the theme and God was nobody, nobody should ever travel their journey alone mm. and nobody ever travels their journey alone. So it was for people to open up and talk and ask, how are you going? Are you okay? And we started doing an annual march with me, which was a walk. And it started from Sydney to Melbourne with Lance doing it. And no one, he, he didn't travel one day alone. And Mate, um, you know, I'm on, a, I'm on the board yeah. um, and I'm a co-founder, but it's gone a, a big level now. We've got the CEO of Bunnings, Mike Snyder, on the board. Yeah. We've got a lawyer. We've got Paul Gregory, the big chairman of the Marshall White, the ex-corporate. So it's just gone above and beyond. So that's the, that's the story there. And, um, and tell me what that feels like. Compare that work. I mean, you start a foundation and with all the right intentions, sometimes, and I say this with the utmost respect, sometimes yep. that gets in the road yep. of doing what pays the bills. Yep. Tell me, tell me what you get out of that. So yeah, look, I felt like I was a contributor to save turnaround Lance's life. Yeah. And now, from doing that, um, I think it's opened up the gates because Lance's and, and the foundation has helped. I think prevent a lot of suicide yeah, wow. and self harm. So I feel like I feel like I'm a contributor that has helped people either get themselves back up or save them from any self harm, Jace. Um, so it's humbling um, the, the, the fact that to be part of that it was just really the right thing to do. I think everyone should be there for others and look out for others, and that's all I really did. But I, but I've came through. So a lot of a lot of time away from family, but I think deep down now my kids look at it and they understand mental yeah. health, and that's important. You know, the journey we've been on this year um, as an economy, as people, as business owners, as leaders, I've sort of, and this is going to sound a bit stupid, but I've sort of enjoyed the journey, right? And I, and I say that with respect to a lot of people that have been hammered and lost so much money and, and, and uh, for want of a better term, losing their mind, yeah. right? But I, I've watched mankind change. Yeah. Um, so originally, when the pandemic first hit us, the first indicator is always the stock market. Yeah. Uh, and so markets overseas got belted, the Australian market got belted, and our guys, our team here at work, were phone call after phone call, talking to our clients about my share portfolio, I've lost half my super, me, 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 me. Then the next wave was when we were getting closer to getting locked down. And so we as a community all ran into the supermarket and got every toilet paper roll we could get, fighting, <laughs> fighting over baked beans and two-minute noodles, and we, we, went, we lost our mind. Yep. Right? That was but disappointing, Jase. It was. But then, you know what happened, though, Matty? A few weeks later, we all thought, hey, and I hate this phrase because the government uses it and it drives me insane, but we're in this together. And people started looking out for each other. Yep. And yep. people started to help each other. Yep, and right. neighbours were dropping food off at the next-door neighbour. And, and and I think that deep down, it's human nature to help others. Yep. Our first instinct is me. Yep. And then we put on a bravado and go, and my family. Yep. Right. Yep. But then the further we go along the journey, we really start actually, we do deep down give a shit yeah. about other people. Yep. 
And so when I hear a story about you and your upbringing, because typically it's our family of origin that creates the person that we are. And I hear you helping out Lance with Livo um, and, and setting up that foundation. It's you being true to yourself, yeah. right? And, um, and I think that's where the congruency happens is when you're, when you're true to yourself. Let's fast forward. I'll talk about Maramurong Park uh, a little bit later on, but let's fast forward to today. You're a director over in Brighton. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, Victorian Sales Agent of the Year, which is outstanding. Thank you. Tell me, you jump into real estate, not having done it before. Yep. But you get your chocks up pretty quick. Tell me, and I know that you've got a few mentors and I, I'm happy to, for you to share that with our listeners, but tell me, what are the things that you did to get yourself up to speed really quick, early doors? Yeah, it was, um, thanks, mate. I, I got a job at realestate.com after things were going hard. I, mate, this is about putting yourself out there. I, I actually, funny enough, Jase, I was emceeing one of my wife's best friend's wedding. Uh-huh. And I said, I'll do, I'll emcee it for free. I, I loved the microphone. I did the TV show at Channel 31 when, when you played footy. And this guy came up to me half drunk with a wine and said, mate, we've got a job at realestate.com. And I needed some security. I was doing it hard financially. It was about nine, nine years ago. And he said, but we need an account manager at realestate.com. I reckon you'd be great. And I said to the bell, I drove, I drove home. And I said to the bell, I reckon that guy, you know, he might have had a few drinks. And I'll never hear from him. He gave me his card. On the Monday, he texted me and mm. said, mate, you're going to give me a call. Gave him a call. Got an interview. Got into realestate.com. Uh, and, and went through the interview process. They said, we don't know whether you're up to scratch. But the guy happened to be... Greek background, and I reckon he was a blue-collar guy in a white uh, company. And he goes, I'm going to give you a go for three months, see how you go. I wasn't academic enough for real estate. I come such a sharp company. So I got in, the, got in there, did a cap, got, got the job, did a, struggled the first three, six months because my learning is probably slightly slower than most because I didn't come from a private school upbringing. Survived the troll just, and I ended up having some great years there. And I saw these real estate agents making money. And I need, because I was so behind financially, in 2014, I said to my wife, I think I need to become an agent. I never wanted to be one. Yeah. My dad was one. I saw him walking six day, working six days a week. I just wanted to, I love my family and friends and my social time. Mm-hmm. But I said, I need to put my family first and try to make some better money. Um, it was a great job at realestate.com. Your 130 grand package was phenomenal to stabilize me through some years. So I, I, I went to to a small firm in the city then to then to Buxton and it was tough. It was like doing an apprenticeship. Yeah. But I but I just worked hard. Um I, I was 35, 36 years old. I, I was asking questions, I was learning, I was offering stuff for free, offering to help people all the time. Uh, it was just attitude, podcast, it was hard, physically being disciplined. So a lot of times on Friday nights people would invite me for drinks. Mate, don't worry, we'll pay, party, everything. I can't come. I've got a big day of auctions tomorrow. Yeah. I'd be in bed by 9.30, 10 o'clock on the Friday night. Um, I'd be training myself to get physically fit, you know, as well. So my, my mind was better. I'd, I could do 60 hours a week. And through that, through momentum, success, and, and a lot of self-investment, going to, to conferences, the Australian Real Estate Conference, um, went to Tony Robbins and just going to mentors. It was a combination of that and attitude and, and work ethic. And, and probably the salesmanship has helped. Yeah. Well, you're a, you're a natural networker. It's one of your strengths. Um, but we know where that comes from now, right? Um, and you, you touched on it a bit. You said, I'm a, a slow learner, a bit slower than most. And I appreciate you saying that. That's quite humble. But 
you might be a slow learner textbook-wise, but you know the questions to ask. And one of the good things, and I hope this comes out right, but one of the good things about not being the smartest man in the room, which is most rooms that I walk into, right, is that you are comfortable enough to say, I don't understand. Yep. What does that mean? How can I do that? And you're the kind of guy that you might be slower than most, your word's not mine, but you'll go deeper and deeper and deeper until you know it more yep. than the guy or woman that taught you. Yep. So I often talk about some of the secrets to success and every person that we've had in this room shares with us different things. Yep. And it's obvious to me that fitness and your health is important. And you spoke about hard work. And what I find, you know, one of the challenges that you would have been faced with, who a guy who's a natural networker who loves to be around people, knocking back those Friday night drinks, that would have hurt you. It did. You know, and being, you know, Sundays as well, being family day, mm. saying no to Saturday nights, being exhausted because I did six days straight. Yeah. But I, but, I had to sacrifice for my kids and family, you know. So um, if you be a parent and you be a husband, in my opinion, you've got a responsibility. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure I was that dad that when my kids get to 20s, they go, you did everything for the family. Yeah. Um, mate, um, tell me about the influence your father had on you. Um, really good. Look, good good. Great family values, you know, like the, the one thing about my, my dad and I are close. We're not best mates, but we're close. Um, he was an agent, so I learned a lot of structure. You know, dad, dad and I opposites, but he's a good networker, mm. but he's very organised where I'm more unorganised. Probably doesn't have my energy. Not um, many people do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was very strict, you know, very cool. You know, I probably copped a lot of buildings when I was young. Mm. Um but look, I learned a lot off him in terms of family values, the way he treated my mum, which was great. They're still together. And, you know, the, 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 the Sunday day meals and Saturday nights as family occasions and the yearly trips, you know, whether it was just even down somewhere local in Rye or, or anything like that. So, you know, the family values was the biggest thing. Um, they, they still still yell at me a lot for things <laughs> I don't do. Um, and, I, and I remember, I always growing up as a kid, I remember being in the car and I was t 10 years old and I'd remember mum and dad in the front seat and us three kids in the back seat and mum and dad always talking about their, their parents, oh, buddy, arguing, um, so, you know, saying, you know, I can't, your grandparents hassle us all the time and it sort of happened now, but look, great memories. You know, yeah. I mean, great, just, a, just being, he was an agent, which was good because I learned a lot from that yeah. when I got into real estate, but obviously just the main family values and respecting my mum and being a good dad was, was the main thing. So you tell me that uh, you're not very organised. How do you combat that? Yep. Delegating has probably been my best thing yeah. and, and paying to do it. So in real estate especially, it's worked really well. So I haven't wanted to be that agent who's a one-man band. Yeah. I think that was a thing of the 90s and early 2000s. And we know a lot of great agents, Brad Till, Milo, mm. Paul Harrison, successful agents. And we'd um, want to say Harrow is successful because he will beat us up if Big Harrow. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, the old warrior, great, great coach. So uh, but my thing is team. So a lot of times when I earn a lot of commission, I will give a bit a bit more extra than most agents. Mm. But they will help me with campaigns. I've got a business manager, um, I've got someone else who looks after my database with me. Yeah. So I've got a really good support team. Yeah. So I think um, not trying to be a hero or a one man band or greedy. 
has been a big thing to my success. There's a thing that if you can achieve uh, a famous saying, and it's not mine, I think it's um, Stephen Covey's, um, when you achieve true synergy, the yep. whole becomes greater than the sum of the parts. And, yep. You know, so what that means is one and one is three or more, not one and one is two. That's yep. just the sum of the parts. But, you know, true synergy by working together collegially is a word that I've sometimes struggled with. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, but collaboratively and working together, that's where you get the synergy, right? Yep. And so you've got your EA, is it Taylor? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Taylor's, she, she rang me uh, to tell me about today and, and you, obviously you've got your business manager and you work together Yep. and then you share the spoils together. Yep, 100%. So that's pretty cool. Um, spring 2019 when we're flying and we're walking into the spring carnival and Every man, his dog's selling his house and Brighton's got bigger sales than they do have in Airport West, right? <laughs> I think the median price is just a little bit higher there, buddy. Um, just slightly. So what happens in June 2020? How do you share the commission then, big boy? Yeah, um, good question. It was supporting them. So it was coming to an agreement saying that we might have to take 20 or 30% off for a couple of months until we get through it, Yeah, which we did. Uh, but I did my best to go a bit a bit above and beyond. So I was trying to look after my team with uh, with food. And I'm no millionaire at the moment. Hopefully, I have more financial gain in the next couple of years. But I was looking after them as much as I could. Vouchers, Uber eats out vouchers, making sure they're okay. Can I pay any bills? Um, if I can advance some pay as well. But it was just a bit of a meet halfway. Yeah. Or probably I met 70%. And we just said, look, pay cut for, to see how this went. And that was through great management as well from Marshall White. So it was really just communication, love as well, team support. We'd do a weekly Zoom meeting mm. um, from home. But it was tough times. You know, yeah. It was very stressful for them yeah. as well. So You know, it, it was stressful on everyone at different levels. 100%. You know, um, you know I, I've, I've, we've got clients who are earning significant money yep. uh, in paid employment, working for someone else, then go to JobKeeper. Yep. And people go, well, you know, I, I know people that are on three, four hundred thousand dollars a year that went down to fifteen hundred a fortnight. Yeah. Right. And you know, some people would say, oh, but they were earning three or four hundred grand. But what happens in this country is, the more money we earn, the more we spend, yeah. uh, and we've got this innate ability to match our expenditure with the income we earn. And Unless so you've got unbelievable accountants like the practice, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you, Matty Pilios. But <laughs> but you know, the accountant can only do so much. Yes. And I I, I got told I've been doing something of late which has changed my life i've been doing meditation and um the universe sometimes the universe speaks to you and and as a boy we hear her once we hear her the second time and usually about the fourth or fifth time that the universe has spoken to us that we tend to listen to her and i started this meditation course uh, on the on the background of a, a client of ours that got me in there and and uh, this meditation uh, sorry meditation teacher said to me jason meditation and stress is a bit like money doesn't matter how much you earn, it matters how much you spend. Yeah. And so, you know, it's quite refreshing talking to you and the first person you think of is not yourself, but it's your team. Yeah. The second people you think about is not yourself, it's your family. Yeah. And, and I think there's the universe, it's so true, the more you give, the more you get. But when you're me, 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 me. Yeah. Somehow yep. it just doesn't work out. Yep. Um, what does the future look like in real estate, do you think, Matty? Because it's been through some changes. and It's been unbelievable. You know, not just real estate, but a lot of typical bricks and mortar businesses. Yep. Um, I'm tipping the rent 
for Marshall White and Brighton's not the cheapest suburb you could rent in. No. Uh, and, and so, you know, we've all been working from home. Yeah. Um, wh- where do you see the future of your industry and, and, and like-minded industries? Yeah, good question. So, so the Melbourne, since I got into real estate, I was lucky as, as well. I reckon the capital growth since late 2014, early 2015 when I started has been phenomenal to 2018. So to, to be in a market as a, a junior agent, even though I was 35, but it had 10% capital growth every year was great. But since that Royal Commission came in, which you know a lot about, it's been like a yo-yo. Yeah. So real 15% loss in late 2018, early 2019. The Liberal government got in. Growth late last year was phenomenal. And this year it was on fire, January and Feb. COVID comes in and we have a 6-7% drop. We get locked down. We're str- everyone's just panicking. Um, I was able to do some sight unseen deals. No people going through during that lockdown, which sort of saved me from my... I reckon mentally stressing out so much. Yeah. Then, because the market was just in disarray. Yeah. Because for 12, 11 weeks, no one knew what was happening in the world. But the last nine weeks, Jason, now it's flying. Mm. And now all of a sudden, I'm saying to people, I think it's actually going to, I was saying government stimulus is going to run out in Feb. Yeah. I think we may be in some trouble. But what's happened is Melbourneians said, we're not going to travel for two or three years overseas. We're going to invest our money now into Melbourne land. And it's just gone nuts, especially anyone with a house. 600 square metres or more. Mm. Townhouses have been okay. Apartments are still struggling due to an oversupply. So I see the market with the Reserve Bank continuing to support buys. Yeah. I see it being fairly strong in 2021, believe it or not. Mm. Um, what I see is maybe the late 2021, depending on how people's financial issues go from the struggles they've been in 2020, gym owners, restaurant owners, etc. if they need to sell, if the supply comes up, I see we might have a little bit of a maybe setback, but I can't tell you as a premier agent. I'm not not saying as a, a busy agent, I should say. Let's I stick really with can't, I really can't tell you exactly, but I think the market won't go down. Yeah, um, it's definitely increased the last two months at least. We've had five percent since the COVID market of August. Tell me, you played a lot of local footy, Marby yep. Park Lions, um, uh, down there near the. Uh, Mabinong River, our, you know, Essendon is the Turek of the North, as we both know, and our Mabinong River is the Yarra. Yes, it <laughs> well, is. sort of. Um, what have you gleaned from playing local footy uh, and taking into business? Mate, it's funny that you ask that. I thought about that a couple of months ago, a lot. Um, I think that, you know, I was vice captain for a couple of years in my, when I was 21, 22. I've learned the fact that being a team leader at Marshall White is, is a bit, you know, when you played sports supporting, going through highs and lows, uh, consistency. Um, local footy, you know, being fit and healthy, training, discipline, I- I've learned a bit, you know. So it's funny, local footy, as much as it cost me a lot financially, you know, injuries and took a lot of time from not focusing on my career in my 20s, I'm reaping some of the rewards for having that experience now in business. I I, I just love my time playing local footy yep. and um, probably didn't know when – Enough's enough and have had two shoulder reconstructions in the last the two years. The mighty Paco Panthers yeah. you were in. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But one of the things that I talk to our team members, we've got 47 in our team in Melbourne and there's 10 of us in Sydney. And one of the things that we talk about is it's easy going in at half time when you're 10 goals up. Yep. Right? Yep. And you're patting each other on the back. Yep. What happens when you come out of the three-quarter time huddle 
you're 10 goals down and you kick it into a breeze that yep. where the footy goes backwards. Yep. That's when the true leaders step up. Yep. You say when you are flying in 2019 and it's spring and you're making sales, a $5 million sale here and this, that, and you're selling on the Golden Mile and have a look at this and yep. you're getting the drone in and having a look at these magnificent Brighton properties, right? And then all of a sudden we get to June yep. and it hits the fan. Yep. How, how do you deal with that? It was teamwork. Um, it was t- t- really supporting each other, listening, communicating, um, making a plan together yeah. uh, and just saying and just giving people confidence to say, we're going to get through this. You go through up and, up and downs in life. This is not going to last forever because a lot of our team was struggling in different ways. Um, you know, the, the, the relationships at home broke down, yeah. financial stress, yeah. life stress. A lot of people have different resilience levels. So it was really just communication, love. I gave a lot of love to people. I'd always reach out to everyone and say, if you need a chat, and a lot of people would, would Facebook message me or text me and just say, mate, really appreciate it. I'm struggling at the moment. I mean, the amount of people got divorced. That would, I'd just say, mate, I'm here as an ear. How can I help? And it's just, don't worry, you'll get through this. You know, and I'll tell people stories that, you know, that I've had friends with cancer. I've had friends who have survived so many bad things. Uh, it's all going to be okay. And it's just, just giving people hope. Yeah. It's been there, you know, it's just been there. Uh, I think that's really important. And again, Maddie, I'm going to take you back to primary school. And I'm sorry to do this to you, but um, that stayed with you your whole life, mate. Uh, and the importance, you're there for people because you knew what it was like when people weren't there for you. Yeah, it's true. Um, thank you for sharing that personal story. And it, I know it's been a bit of a theme. I'll, I want to jump out of that Again, and I know I bounce around all over the place. That's due to the problems that I've got mentally. There's a number of conversations going on in my head, Benny Filios, right? (laughs) uh, But you spend 20 years with a psych, you sort of get to, you know, balance your way through it. Um, You're a man of many talents, do a lot of things. You're a father, you've got two kids, your beautiful wife, Val, she runs her own. She's still running her own business, hairdressing salon? She sold the salon when we had, a month before we sold, uh, we had Duke, my son, so 11 and a half years, but she still gives Matt. A haircut every month in the kitchen, <laughs> and it brings back memories when I met her at her salon. Yeah. How gorgeous she was! So yeah, very, very. She's lovely. still a very gorgeous-looking uh, young lady. Is. So sorry about that. I just lost my mind a little bit there. <laughs> Somewhat inappropriate, some would say. Um, let's get back on track, Jason. Just a, need a cold spoon or something. Oh, no, sorry, mate. Um, so you're a man of many things, many things, many yep. talents. Uh, you got your finger in a number of different pies. You love the fight game. Yeah. Um, you're a commentator. Uh, you're an MC. You are a founder of a foundation that helps people that have got mental challenges. You're a director. When do you, a director at Marshall White in Brown. Yep, yep. Uh, when do you have time for yourself? Yeah, not enough sometimes. So I try to have two weeks off in Jan, two, two to three weeks off in Jan. Every Sunday, I just try to make it strictly family day yep. when I can. Um, and you know, on a Friday night, I try to knock off at four. Mm. So I don't have a lot of time to myself, but I, I make sure July school holidays is always two weeks, three weeks with Duke, Stella and Belle yeah. for myself. And I, and I go sometimes to places like Bali and Thailand to actually rejuvenate my mental health um, physically as well. As well, Then I'll try to go to America or Mexico or Europe or something like that to enjoy with Belle. So I always have a week trip with Belinda yeah. and I'll do a family trip for two weeks. So I always have that goal. So when I'm struggling, so February it starts really hectic, Jace. At the March, April, mentally started in May, I got gone, I'm exhausted. Mm. But I, I've got that end goal. I know July the 3rd, I'm flying out with Belinda and the kids. 
Um, so that so I'm making sure I've got two or three small holidays, such so sprint for 14 weeks, rest for two or three weeks, sprint for 14 weeks. And Marcus Kibanello, you know, and Kate from my office, they both taught me that when I got into real estate. They said, you just work at such a hectic pace, you're going to get burnt out. And thank God I have that, you know, like I'm, like I'm exhausted mentally at the moment, yeah. physically. Yeah. And I'm struggling to sleep. I've got, you know, yesterday I got yelled at by four vendors and it affected me. And I was in the office by myself at 7 38 o'clock. The reason I didn't go home was Belle was out at the movies with the kids because they had a day off school today. And I was just re- making calls. And my, my Paul Gregory, who's on the foundation for Love Me Love You, is also our general manager of ours. He came in looking for a pack. He said, Are you okay? And I just said, Look, I'm. I just I went from on Wednesday night selling three properties. I made great money. Yeah. So having four really upset vendors blaming myself and just all stressed out that their houses haven't sold yet. Yeah. And it it affected me, you know, and and I was upset. So um, it's um it's tough, you know. Like so, I try to get a massage once a fortnight on a Friday night. Uh, just have an hour with no phone. Yeah. Um, because the expectation with a mobile with email. Instagram, SMS, Facebook messages, you're so contactable 24-7, seven days a week. It's tough. So on a Sunday, if I'm in the headspace, I'll answer the calls. I'm not that arrogant. Uh, and I'll still say I'll do my best. But if, but generally, I try to keep Sundays and, and a Friday night with, with the family. But it's very hard. It is hard. And I think that whole rejuvenation is a really important piece. I, I, I just want to just share with you two points on that. We had... Uh, we had the hammer in here, Mark Castanini. One of the greats. Yeah, legend. Um, great podcast and, and a real gracious giver. And he said to me, which I, I've taken away, he said, everyone can withstand pain as long as they know the end date. Yeah. Right? And as you're telling me that story about in Jan I do this and then Belle and I go and the kids go away in uh, July and all that, I, I'm thinking, I'm hearing, I'm hearing the hammer talk to me. I've got pain, just work your ass off yeah. and get to that end date. Yeah. Right? The other one is a guy that you know pretty well, um, Zama, Steve Zamical. Yeah, great man. And, and when uh, Zama and Ash went into business, uh, running their mortgage choice business, the first office that they rented, they sublet from us in Grattan Street, Carlton. And um, and the original practice. Yeah, practice, that's yes, right. I remember. And um, and and we came in. Robbie and I w- walked around to Zama's office, and it was the start of the year. We just got back from holidays, and Zama, the first thing he was doing was booking his four holidays for the year. Back then. Back then. That's great. And Robbie and I were giving him a hard time saying, Sam, what are you doing, mate? You've just been on holidays. Any chance of, you know, writing a couple of loans, Digger, you know? <laughs> uh, and he goes, I'm telling you, this is the secret to success. He goes, I work 13 weeks, take a holiday. Yep. 13 weeks, take a holiday. Now, that was 20-odd years ago, yep. and I'll never forget it. Yeah. And I, I find that, you know, it resonating with what Hammer was saying, what you're saying, I can go hard. I just need to make sure that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Correct. And it's not a train coming at yep. me. And I think that's human nature. Mm. Matty, this has been nothing short of outstanding from you. And um, Thank you. I, Thank I, you for having me. I know it went a way that you possibly didn't think it was going to. Um, yep, yep. But that's the, that's the beauty in being authentic. Yep. Matty Pillaus, one of the greatest agents in Bayside, Brighton, from Marshall White. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. Jason, Sheriff, thank you so much. Great to be here. Thank you.